You're live with BBC News. Donald Trump has followed his win in Iowa with an equally convincing win in New Hampshire. Not quite as big as polls had predicted. He finished 11 points clear of Nikki Haley, but he took an overwhelming slice of the Republican base. So, two out of two, and the consensus within the party is that the primary is over and it's time for the general election to begin. There's just one problem with that. Haley used her concession speech last night to insist the race is far from over. And in response, Trump lashed out at his opponent, who he characterized as an imposter standing in his way. Who the hell was the imposter that went up on the stage before and, like, claimed a victory? She did very poorly, actually. She had to win. And when I watched her in the fancy dress that probably wasn't so fancy come up, I said, what's she doing? We won. You must really hate her. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's a shame. It's I, a shame. Uh-oh. I just love you. No, that's good. Well, there are some warning signs in the result for the presumptive nominee. Nikki Haley has exposed Trump's key weakness, independent voters who don't seem to like him. And Haley is honing in on the reasons why. Donald Trump, you have one bout of chaos after another. This court case, that controversy, this tweet, that senior moment. You can't fix Joe Biden's chaos with Republican chaos. Let's bring in our U.S. special correspondent, Caddy Kay. Lovely to see you. Um, odd response, wasn't it, last night? A, a, a convincing victory. And yet he seemed deeply frustrated with Haley's response. Yeah, it wasn't the most gracious of victory speeches I've ever heard um, <laughs> in American politics, uh, laying into your uh, the person you're running against her dress. And I don't know how well that's going to go down with suburban women voters. I mean, nobody likes to hear somebody having their dress dismissed as being, you know, kind of cheap and, and not fancy. So I don't think it's going to do him very many favours. But clearly, he is not happy that she's staying in the race. He's just put out in the last few minutes one of his truth social posts calling her a bird brain. That also may not go down terribly well with women voters. So it's interesting. She seems to have got under his skin. And if she does stay in the race, how much more of this kind of thing is he going to say? How much more angry is he going to be? Or will the team around him, which has done a pretty good job um, of reining in some of Donald Trump's more angry instincts, will they be able to rein him back in again? Because I think if he carries on in this vein, even though he's just won New Hampshire, at some point he's going to have, to, in a general election, he's going to have to win some of those people who voted for Nikki Haley. He can't win this election just with the MAGA base. He's going to have to win some of those independents. And I would have thought something perhaps more conciliatory towards Nikki Haley might do a better job with those people who have supported her. Our regular panellist and Republican Doug High emailed me today and he likened it to uh, Rocky. He said uh, that uh, Nikki Haley was playing the role of Sylvester Stallone, trying to wind up Cassius Clay until that point that he just snaps and he goes after her and, and she thinks that's the last tactic in her draw. But, and, and that could be damaging, couldn't it, in a, in a general election? Yeah, I mean, I think she's got two tactics. I mean, I think Doug is right. And I think we saw some of that last night, right? He started to snap. And again, calling her bird brain today, that's kind of a snap. So let's see how much further he goes down that route if she stays in the race. But I think the other thing that Nikki Haley's 
team are thinking, listen, he has all of these court cases against him. He has 91 uh, uh, challenges against him. If he is convicted on any of those, um, and there are enough Republicans who have said, both in Iowa and in New Hampshire, we won't support Donald Trump, we won't vote for Donald Trump if he's convicted on any of those 91 charges, then perhaps by staying in the race, she can paint herself as the last person standing. So that's the other reason, perhaps, that they're going to stay in the race. Now, that gets complicated when you get towards the conventions. But it might be that she thinks everyone else has dropped out. I'm still here. I've still got money in the bank. She raised something like 25000 in the last quarter um, of last year. So why not sit mm. it out? What's the downside? Um, she, she talked last night about why people... The majority of people in, in America want something different. Let's just have a listen to this point. And the point she's making about the two people uh, who are also in the race. Have a listen. The first party to retire its 80-year-old candidate is going to be the party that wins this election. And I guess to, to outsiders, Caddy, when, when you look at that, you look at someone as fresh-faced as Nikki Haley, maybe even Dean Phillips on the other side, you think, well, well here's two smart people um, who could easily be the candidates. Is it depressing to the electorate that it's the octogenarians that are taking all the limelight? Yeah, look, I think the mood here is pretty depressed. People aren't interested. I mean, clearly Donald Trump has people who will stand in line for hours and love him and are starting to use almost quasi-religious language about him. So they're excited. But I talked to friends of mine who are in the American press, for example, and they're saying nobody's reading the election coverage. They've got all of these reporters out there covering Iowa and New Hampshire, and it's just not getting much pickup because people don't want to think about politics at the moment. One thing we do know is that the next whatever, how it feels like it's going to be 100 years, but the next 10 months up until the general election are going to be gruelling. Mm. Um, it's going to be a, a brutal fight, whether it's between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump or beyond that, between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. The gloves are going to come off on both sides. Mm. And I don't think that fills anybody with that much excitement. On top of that, mm. all of the polls are showing us Americans aren't excited about the prospect of two 80-year-olds or almost 80-year-olds running. We've, we've talked before. In fact, I remember us having a conversation, I was going to say, in the back of a taxi. Most people don't talk about politics in the back of a taxi, but we talked about women in politics in America and whether a woman could win the White House. Are we seeing why that is so difficult in, in, in Nikki Haley's race to become president? I think, you know, I think there is some of that. I think there is some um, misogynist language that has been used, certainly about Hillary Clinton. Um, there was a lot more discussion of her clothing, for example, the fact that her Nikki Haley's dress was bought up last night. That's the kind of thing that you don't tend to hear about um, male vote, male candidates. Now, when it comes to the House and the Senate, we know that when women run, uh, they win as in bigger mm. numbers as men do. They just tend not to run as yeah. often. So there are some barriers to entry, I think, for women. But I think Americans, by and large, would be ready to elect a female candidate. They just need one to win the party's nomination again. Caddy, lovely to see you. We've got to head to a break. Uh, we'll be right back at the other side with more news on the Middle East. Do stay with us.